Hello and welcome to an episode of Sunday's Word brought to you by Revealing Truth in Jesus Christ Ministry. You can view all of our services and more at todaystruthrevealed.com. Join us as Pastor Gibbs delivers a message of truth and prophecy in this last hour. Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that song. And um, first of all, we just want to give honor to God today for he is the head of our lives. I want to give honor to my wife, Sister Gibbs here, and uh, Sister Kim. We thank Amen. you for being here and being faithful. Amen. And Brother Elijah, as usual. And um, we are keeping Mother Ruth in prayer. She was under the weather and... If she can be here, she will be here. Uh, so when you don't see her, she is um, she's not feeling well. So we thank God for her, and we um, we thank God for you tuning in because there's many many places that you can go to get a word, but you chose to give us a try and give us a listen. So we are extremely appreciative, and we do things that the normal uh, church does not do. Um, we are what you call truth seekers. Um, uh, my prophecy on me was that I will be a lone warrior because truth is a lonely warrior. Yes, it is. Uh, do I have any other truth seekers out here in, in the house today? Amen. Yes, so we are seeking truth. We do not approach things the traditional way. We know that there are things in a veil that we need to look through sometimes. So um, with that said, you think um, the spiritual, you got it? Yes. The spiritual, we think that uh, the spiritual, uh, that spirituality has no bearing on society, but there's something going on behind the scenes uh, and I wanted to give you this example. Um, Come on. Uh, this is an example between the Kennedy and the Lincoln assassinations because you just can't make this stuff up, right? It's a spiritual thing. What happens in the natural, it came from a spiritual place. So I wanted to just show you a little bit of that. Uh, now, now we know they both had uh, were assassinated, right? Yes. Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy were both assassinated. Yes. But the similarities are ridiculous. It, it's just ridiculous. So both uh, Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846, Kennedy 1946, 100 years apart. Lincoln president in 1860, Kennedy 1960, again, 100 years apart. Uh, both were concern, uh, concerned with civil rights. Both wives lost children while living in the White House. Mm. How many knew that? Both presidents were shot on a Friday. Did you know it was a Friday that they both got shot? Uh, both were shot in the head. <clears throat> now, here's where it starts to get really weird, if it wasn't weird enough already. Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy. Mm. Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln. <laughs> wow. Both were assassinated by Southerners. 
both succeeded Southerners named Johnson, uh, were, were succeeded by Johnson. Uh, we know Baines Johnson, the racist Baines Johnson. And then we remember An Andrew Johnson. All right. Uh, so it explains that. So John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Lincoln, was born 1839. Supposed assassin. The supposed assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald of Kennedy, was born 1939. Hmm. <laughs> Can you, you can't make that up. Both were known by three names. How many people out there are known by three names? They're both known by three names. Uh, and they both uh, make up 15 letters each name. Mm -hmm. John Wilkes Booth, you do, do the math yourself. Lee Harvey Oswald, all 15 letters. Lincoln was shot on the third, on the third floor. No, Lincoln was shot in a, a theater, Ford's Theater, Ford's Theater. <laughs> Kennedy wow. was shot in a car, a Lincoln made by Ford. Yeah. Lincoln was shot in a theater and his assassin ran and hid in a warehouse. We remember that, right? They found him in a warehouse. Kennedy was shot from a warehouse supposedly, and his assassin hid in a theater. Uh, both Oswald and Booth were assassinated before their trials. Both of them were killed, so they couldn't talk. Uh, a week before Lincoln was shot, um, he was in Monroe, Maryland. A week before Kennedy was shot, he was with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's just creepiest, and there's a couple of other wow. things there. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on. It's it's a ridiculous thing, but I said all of that to say <coughs> that you're going to tell me all of those things just magically happen the same. Uh, there's something spiritual going on. Yes. But it's up to, uh, up to us to dig and get a little deeper into the spiritual thing. So what I wanted to do today was show you some of the things uh, that I was blessed to learn from Pastor Terrell. Uh, if you don't know, Pastor John Terrell is one of the leading authorities on all things Kabbalah. And he, he, he's been on our TTR programs. I encourage you to listen to him. Uh, you know, we have people out there listening to different... TV evangelists. Yeah. Listen to truth tellers and truth seekers. Yes. Um, because we are what we eat, as we learned from science. We feed ourselves with foolishness from these watered down ministries, watered down Word of God. It's, yeah. you know, Come on. <laughs> you know, I can go through messages, but I don't want to hurt feelings. <laughs> and I'm not saying we got it all together because no one has it all together. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we're not doing our due diligence as a whole to look into the word of God on what some things mean. Amen. There are reasons that things happen in the scriptures, but we just breeze over it. Now, I want to dig into the Kabbalah a little bit and show you something straight from the Kabbalah. 
Where do I get my information from? Uh, my information is going to come from a man, Gershom Sholem. Now, I know my English isn't the best, so I'm going to spell his name so you can look him up and make sure that I'm not lying to you. Gershom, G-E-R-S-H-O-M, Sholem, S-C-H-O-L-E-M. Why am I telling you this person? Because when you read the scriptures, the, the, the message I'm bringing to you today is part two of why did he come? Amen. Why did Jesus come? Amen. And why was there so much controversy around Jesus? For you and me, we just read and we don't understand. We don't understand. And I'm going to show you. You and I, we have the, <coughs> we have the Old Testament. And we have the New Testament. And that's all it is to our relationship with God. It was not so with the Jewish people of that day. In fact, since the time of Moses, when you read in your scripture, and pastors kill me and preachers kill me, they say, well, Israel only served one God. Behold, O Israel, the Lord God is one God. That's what God told them to do. But what they actually did was something different. They made up stuff. Come on. They followed the Kabbalah. It had no name at that time, but it was an undercover uh, thing that went on. And it was always there from the time of Moses, from the time of Egypt. From the time of Egypt, it was always there to the time of Christ, to present day. And the church refused to acknowledge. We understand the negatives that come out of Islam. We understand the negatives that come out of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. No one even knows what the Jewish people actually believe. Mm. If you actually understood what they believe, you will understand and some things in the scripture, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to try to understand the mindset of that day. Then you'll understand some things. It'll open up to you. Yes, sir. Why did certain things go down a certain way? You and I, like I said, have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, and then we have some historical facts that we can look up. It was not true. For they had the Torah, then they had the oral traditions up to the time of Jesus. They had the oral traditions that they actually taught from. It was the thing that Jesus said, you have your man's traditions. Yes. It was the exact thing. People breathe... Pastors breeze over that. You have to explain to people what did he, what is he talking about? Without a knowledge of it, you can't even speak on it. Amen. So you have to look into it. Okay? You have to look into it. So what am I talking about? The Kabbalah. Where do I get my information from? Gershom Sholem. Who is Gershom Sholem? Good question. I think I heard you ask that. <laughs> Good. Good question. Yes. <clears throat> so happy to tell you about it. Gershom Sholem is not someone who is loosely associated with the Kabbalah. He is only the head, he was only the head of the Kabbalah department in the Hebrew University at Jerusalem for 40 years. 
I think he knows a little something about the Kabbalah. He was in charge of the entire department. He was a philosopher. He was in Jerusalem before Jerusalem was reclaimed in 1948 by the so-called, by the Zionists. Let's just say it the way it really is. He was there long before them. And he has a book. It's called The Messianic Idea in Judaism. The Messianic Idea in Judaism. He explains what the Kabbalah teaches about the Word of God. It is the fake commentary on the Word of God. It changes almost everything that the Word of God says. So let's, let, let me read this scripture first in uh, Matthew chapter 10. Verse 34, why did Jesus come in the first place? This is why he didn't come. Verse 34 reads, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. Amen. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Yes. That's all. One scripture. I didn't come here to do your will. My will is not to make you look good in your country. I didn't come for that. Amen. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Let me explain one thing before I get to that question. Please turn to Psalms 118, which Sister Gibbs just read a little bit ago. And I'm going to read. And I want you, Sonny, to turn to, I think, the second bookmark. I think it's 137, the back page of 137. 137. All right, so I'm going to read Psalms. Now, this is what the Kabbalah does. Psalms 118, verse 15 and 16. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. Doeth. Doeth valiantly. Thank you. What's wrong with that? What are you getting from that? Now, do me a favor. Read the last from Psalm 118. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. Meant that if the right hand of the Lord begins to emerge, the deceitful left hand of Esau and his priests and the deceitful sword will retire. An allusion, of course, to the combined rule of the secular and ecclesiastical powers. Throughout this literature, apocalyptic ideas mingle freely with the political theories of the revolution which were intended were, were also intended after all, to lead to a political and spiritual liberation. Okay, that's good. What does that mean? (laughs) That sounds like a a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Did you get what it said? Not off the first reading. Not off the, this this is the Kabbalah for you. I have never read anything that didn't make me, like, really have to get a headache to try to figure out what are they talking about. (laughs) Then you figure it out. 
And it only is figured out when you see, when God reveals the devilish thing that it actually is. It is talking about yin and yang. Good versus evil. He said, when they noticed the Lord right hand beginning to exalt, beginning to exalt and get higher, that means the left hand has to be more hidden. So now they have to hide. That's not what the scripture said. But this is what they come up with, right? Because it's a political liberation. Yes. Political liberation and spiritual. They connect the two together. And if you know if you get really deep into it. Well, let, let me read you another scripture. 119 verse number 126. Now realize that may take you a minute. They do the same thing what with this scripture. 126, it reads, It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Do mm. you see they, they 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 do something with this scripture that says it now it is time because it said it is time. It has come to that point where God is always working. Yes. Just because we don't see it working or him working, doesn't mean that he's not. Amen. I am trying to break this down in a simple fashion that you understand the mindset of the teaching that went on in the synagogues before Jesus came. And then I will show you something else. But their whole concept of what the Messiah was going to do has to do with this. Because he didn't come in with a sword and showing his right hand. And so now, what is going on? It is time for him to come on the scene and politically restore us. Politically do something for us. God came to spiritually free the world. Amen. Not to politically free the world. Their concept came from, and you all are going to have a tough time if you never heard this term before. (sighs) You're going to have a tough time with this, but I have that. See that other bookmark? I see it. Okay, go to that page. This is straight from the Kabbalah. They worship the holy serpent, and I know that's hard to understand. They worship. You thought when you read when Jesus was calling them snakes and vipers and everything, He was just being derogatory and he was just trying to hurt their feelings. No, he was telling them what they were doing. They worship the holy serpent. Many of you never heard this before, so I'm going to let that sink in. The holy serpent. What they believe, what they believe, and and this is most synagogues. Yeah, there's a general message that they give, but the deepest meaning and the hidden meanings on things. They don't tell everybody. But those that are high up understand that in creation, God was creating the world and he got so busy. Have you ever gotten busy and then lost track of what you were doing? Yes. They say that God lost track of what he was doing, causing himself to split. And now, part of him took the form of a holy serpent, was banished to an abyss, and spends his time 
trying to come out of the abyss. No wonder the scripture matches that when it says, the beast shall come out of the sea or the abyss. So they believe that the serpent is there in the abyss, but even though it's banished to the abyss, this is the stupid part. And I just got to say stupid. I'm sorry, children, if you're out there. Come on. They believe that this same serpent can help you in all, all personal matters. Yeah. They believe that the holy serpent is there as a friend. Uh, they believe that the serpent helps you get wealth and health and wealth. Yeah. You probably didn't know why the double snakes are around the health uh, logos. Yeah. Because the health comes from the holy serpent and they run the world. You have you had nobody tell you that because you didn't know that there are people that actually worship. No, they don't worship that. They know that there's only one God. You gotta you keep believing that. You keep believing that. That's not what their laws you have the old testament. You're not getting that mess. We they have the old testament. They have the Torah, they have the Babylonian Talmud, and they have the Kabbalah. Those are the things that they have. Two out of three of those things, God has nothing to do with. So they take, and they don't read out of the Torah. They read the commentary yes. from the uh, Talmud. Yes. They read that, because that's what the rabbis say, that that's what it is. And it's all twisted. Oh, yeah. And they worship a holy serpent. Why did Jesus say, I didn't come here to give you peace? I didn't come here for that. You got me coming here for wrong reason. Now, all of what I said, you may put in the garbage can right now. But just please don't tune off yet. Because I'm going to prove what I'm saying in some examples. Are y'all ready for this? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, if you don't believe there's a holy serpent... I believe, just read where that line is and read until it makes sense to stop. By no tradition. The holy serpent, which from the very beginning struggles against its rival, motifs which the Zohar carries through in a variety of ways, the Sabbateans combine into a coherent imaginary antinomian Nihilism, nihilism. Okay, which means the cancellation of all religion. Okay, it is by no means disobedience or apostasy which appears in this abrogation of the Torah, but rather a changed situation of the world. Okay, that's good now. So you see, the holy serpent struggled with a rival. Listen, this is how the Kabbalah is. Yeah. It, it it has a language that's educated way up here. And you almost know, that's why Jesus talked about lawyers uh, not being lawyers. Yeah. Well, where do you think these lawyers get their mindset to have the language that you barely understand? It's plain and simple. If you do this, you're going to pay this. But they don't say that. They have it. You go here, then you go here, then you sing the national anthem backwards in Spanish while juggling, and then you come back here, and then you go over there, and then you, and then meanwhile you're like, what? And then you just get tired and it's oh, all right. The whole thing is it's confusing. It's a ball of confusion. Remember the 
y'all y'all are too young and I actually too young. The the Temptations had a song, "Ball of Confusion." <laughs> That's all it is. It's just a ball of confusion. However, it is taught, and there we cannot help that we are influenced in whatever we are around and what we're taught. So they were taught these things. And that's what I'm trying to get to. But I wanted to show you, and what it was talking about, the Sabbateans, they are those that took the, now the Kabbalah has been built on in the modern days. Uh, they build yes. constantly onto it, right? Yes. So a huge, two huge uh, individuals was, and you can look these guys up, uh, Sabbatai Zebai. He was a religious leader in Judaism, in the Kabbalah, which in the year 1666, he proclaimed that he was the Messiah. When they hear those things, the Messiah, they have a Messiah in mind, a concept in mind, and Jesus just wasn't it. Mm -hmm. And the church don't understand why he wasn't it. And I'm trying to tell you why he wasn't it. When you understand the why, you understand the scripture a whole lot better. The why is because the struggle, the Messiah was going to come in and make a political change. What did they want in Jesus' day? Freedom. They wanted freedom from the Romans. Yes. And they wanted it at any cost. They wanted their own kingdom. For what? They already blew it. Yeah. The, the kingdom of Israel only lasted, what, 300 years at the most? Yeah. If, if that. Uh, well, Judah is the one that lasted longer. Yeah. But the kingdom of Israel was like 130 years, 140 years, and then Judah kept going. Uh, but nevertheless, neither one had a kingdom after a while, and then when they went to Babylon. Interesting enough, let me give this little fact. It said, from Abraham uh, in Matthew, or one of them, it said, there were 14 generations between Abraham and the carrying away to Babylon. And then it said, 14 generations between that and Christ. And, uh, or, well, wait, it was, I'm missing a 14. So when I did the math, the 214, 40-year generation, it equaled 560. Yeah. And we know that in Babylon, it was told to Daniel that 490 years uh, would be accomplished, and then the destruction of Jerusalem and whatever. Well, if you do those two 14s, that's 28, 28 times 40. Uh, 28 times 40 is 560, right? Do that real quick. I like math. Yeah, no way. No, that's... 1120. No, I got something wrong. But there, there was, it ended up something equal 560, and then you minus the um, 70 years from Babylon, and it was 490 years. And I was like, Oh, you probably did 560, I mean, 40 times 14. Oh, yeah, yeah, 40 from Babylon. 14. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the 14 generations uh, to Babylon, and the carrying away. To Christ was 14 generations and you add that that's force 560 minus the 70 years that they were already there 490 490 precisely gotcha. 
So the, the, there's reasons for everything. Yes. And we're not into numerology, so if you thought that, well, let's go on. A any questions so far? Are you lost? Scratching your head? <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be clear. I'm, I'm only sure. saying that they have other things influencing them. Yes. Just like in the church, we have things influencing us, how we think it should be, yes. how we think it should go, how church, that's not how church should be. Church should be a lot of singing and dancing and having a good time. Well, that's your concept. Maybe that's not God's concept. <laughs> How did they have church in his day? Mm -hmm. How did you, do you even know? Do you even want to know? Yeah. We're truth seekers. We want to know. Yes. All right. Let's go to um, uh, Mark chapter 8. And then we're going to get into some shocking stuff. If you want to start reading that, sir. Uh, Mark chapter 8, and we're going to go 27 to 38. Hopefully there's not another big word that messed me up. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> and Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth, and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. Hold on one second. So he's commending them and Peter. Yes. Wow, you got that. So, and then one passage it says, Flesh and blood didn't tell you that. Yes. Spirit told you that. So that's a good thing, right? Yes. So that's God commends that. Yes. Keep reading. And he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Oh, so now if you were just reading this, you don't understand the concept that they have. Of the Messiah, when he comes to the earth, their Messiah will not be suffering anything. Mm. There won't be any suffering. So they have that in the back of their mind. So keep that in your mind. 22, 32. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. And But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. Oh, so I want to bring this out, so your thinking is right here. When you know what, like we, us truth seekers know, the reason Peter is upset is like <clears throat> his thinking and concept of a Messiah is different. So now Jesus looks at the disciples and none of them are against Peter, but they're all with their mouths open wondering what is his problem. So he looked on his disciples and then he rebuked Peter in front of them all. Right? Yes. So now he has to rebuke this whole notion. So that's what he's doing here. Pay attention to the scriptures. 
Don't pay attention. I don't know what we've paid attention to in the past, but pay attention to the scriptures in this slide. Go ahead and read. And when he had called the people unto... Oh, no, I read that. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So hold on. Why is he telling them about gaining the whole world and losing his soul after he's talking about what he was going to suffer? Because they had selfish motives. Yes. They thought that they would be liberated politically. Nothing spiritual about it. Yes. They wanted freedom. They wanted an easy life. Go ahead. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels. <laughs> so you're... This is not the, the, the messianic person that you thought he was. Are you ashamed of him now? Mm. Do you understand how, that, how you look at that a little different when you understand yeah. their mindset? It's like, I thought you were somebody. So I, had a, I think I told this before. <laughs> I think I told this. I, I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure I did. I had a guy, I would go get a haircut, and a guy would just be so happy to see me. Like, I'm somebody special. He would just be, like, very, I can't, I'm not even going to portray how he was just very happy to see me. Mm. And I understood that my barber sometimes cut uh, an ex-football player's hair because he has a picture in the barbershop. And, he's, and when he's in town, he comes there. So, and he hasn't been there in years now. I think he moved. But anyway, back then, he was living in the area. And this guy, I looked at the wall and I'm like, God, I kind of look like that guy. <laughs> so I begin to put two and two together. This guy thinks I'm that football player. The day he found out I was not that football player, <laughs> I became like a filthy rag to this guy. He's like, uh, oh, wait, you're not? I'm like, no. First of all, that guy's 10 years older than me. I don't look that old. I look that old. <laughs> and um so the guy was just like, oh, man, I thought you were him, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen him a hundred times since then. And it's always like, get out of my way, man. You know, it was one of those things. Yeah. I disappointed him. Yeah. Jesus is saying, Do, does, does this Messiah disappoint you? Wow. <laughs> Turn with me, if you don't mind. Luke chapter 6. But we'll turn to Luke, and then we're going to take a five-second uh break here and we'll come back and we'll deal with Luke all right praise the Lord and we're back um, so if you want to turn with me to Luke the sixth chapter and uh, I know possibly some are hearing this for the first time and it's it's shocking but Jesus came uh, to set us free spiritually Number one, do we fight for our country? Yes, because we want spiritual freedom. Yes. But he doesn't want us to seek uh, political freedom first and then spiritual. And this is what they all thought. And 
they were waiting on someone to come with power to do something, yes. right? So I wanted to, this is part of what, uh, uh, keep wanting to say doctor, but Pastor Terrell pointed out was what I'm about to go over. And if you have no knowledge of this stuff, you're kind of lost. You just read over and you don't, it doesn't mean a thing to you. So let's start in Luke chapter six and we'll read verse number 15. Matthew and Thomas, James and the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the Zelo, Zelite, Zeloites, right? Called Zelo. Z called Zelites. Yes. All right. So what is that? There's a couple of Simons. There's a, you know, it's an interesting thing. There's a couple of uh, James uh, disciples. There's, you know, so they had a, then there's a couple of Judas, because uh, Judas goes on to say, Judas, the brother of James, that, that's one Judas. And then Judas Iscariot, which also traded, was a traitor. Right? So we just read over that and we just, oh, that's just the disciples. We just move on. Why did Judas become a traitor? Why? Uh, some say, oh, the shekels of silver. He did it for, for silver. Okay, but many don't remember, but let me refresh your memory. Judas was also the treasurer. He carried much more than the silver that he obtained for selling out Christ. He carried all of their money together when they needed something. In fact, when he was gone, they said he went to purchase something for us. That's what he did as the treasurer. There's a reason that he uh, betrayed our Lord, the wrong concept, the wrong thought of what a Messiah was to do. So in their writings, they can orchestrate what the Messiah does. They can bring out the Messiah if they do enough wrong or if they do enough right. This is the thinking that they have. In their mind, they thought, we're doing a lot of right. He'll show his power now. Now he will show his power. If we put him in a situation, he will show his power and free us from these Romans. Even though, even though they were in bondage, they were able to come and go and have a life and everything. They left them alone. They just, you know, they just could not... It was like they were in their country, but they weren't, they didn't have ownership of their own country. And this is what their issue was. And it was like, for what? You're able to practice your religion, which was false. You're able to go and come make a living. They all made a living. Some were doctors, some were lawyers. So yeah. with all of that said, what was your issue? So there was a reason. And here's the thing. In their writings, in their writings, not the Old Testament, because there's forgiveness in the Old Testament. Yes, there is. There's mercy in the Old Testament. Yes. But they didn't understand the Old Testament because they spent so much time dealing in those other books, the traditions of men. Yes. 
They spent their time not understanding that they can be forgiven once they do something wrong. God's people have been forgiven. David was forgiven. Yes. All right. So God has the power to forgive. Had Judas understood that and not understood the false writings, he would have never killed himself. He would have never killed himself if he understood that he can get a second opportunity. He can get a second chance. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand that because they didn't understand the scriptures. Amen. So we see that was Simon. What is it? The Zealite? Zealot. Zealots. All right. What is that? So I took the liberty of looking that up, and that's that word there. Please read, what is a zealot? All right. Zealot, um, like the Z-E-A-L-O-T, like we have in English. Partisan for Jewish political independence. So this was a political party. That's what this was. Yeah. He belonged. He was that person <coughs> for Political independence. independence. Wow. From what? Rome. Yes. So, okay, wow. you got that. So, in, even in the camp that Jesus chose, they all believed a certain thing and they had agendas. Be careful with having an agenda with God. We are to come humbly and then be at his beck and call his with servants. Yes. Servants have no agenda. They do what the boss says. They do what the master says. Their agenda is the agenda of the master. We take on the form of servants. Uh, please turn to John chapter six. John chapter six. And we're going to read 14 and 15. <clears throat> Any questions so far? Anything? Any comments? I didn't know he was the treasurer, but that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I, so he's he was receiving less money than he was walking around with. Exactly. The, the, so the, he, he, the money was not his motivation. Primary motivation. Yeah. Was not, you know, people make it out to be, you know, it was, uh, oh, he did it for the, for the money. He could have split with the money, <laughs> you know. Yes. If it was about money for Judas, he would have split with the money. That wasn't his motive. His motive was, I'm going to do this so that they can come and grab him. And when they grab him, then he'll show his power. Because I've seen him walk on water. I've seen him feed uh, 5,000 with a couple of fish and a couple of loaves. I've seen him heal the sick. I've seen him raise the dead. Uh, there's so much I've seen him do. Now he'll come out and, he'll, and they've seen him take on other forms. Yes. They've seen that. And remember, they didn't know what he was on the water. Like, what is that? Yeah. And then they had to ask, is that you? Because it don't look like you. <laughs> so they understood that. Wow. You got something to say? I'm sorry. I, well, I said, wow. But um, what really just tugged at my heart is the fact that he didn't comprehend that God could forgive. Mm -hmm. That is just, I never thought about it. Never thought that that's the way... That's the oral Torah that they were. Yeah, there's no, there's no talk of uh, forgiveness in there because they're so loose on good and bad deeds. Uh, it, it, 
in the scripture in the Kabbalah, in the Kabbalah that uh, I was having him read earlier, further down it talks about uh, it'll be like God showing the when someone had leprosy and it's complicated. Someone had leprosy and they say uh, now you're you're white. It's beginning to heal if it's white. So that shows that uh, you're healing. So just with that that power, uh, it, it it shows the turn, and now they can be a certain different way. Now their attitude it, it's weird. It's like they got to be humble when the when it's weird. But when the serpent is low in the abyss, mm -hmm. and that's why the serpent is serpentine around the tree of life. They call it because when the serpent is in the low places. This means the people are in a low state and they are servants and they are this and that. And then as the serpent serpentines his way up to the top, they begin to show strength. And when now they show different attitude when they are on. This is what happened in Russia. And I know I'm off track, but on track. This is what happened in Russia in the Bolshevik revolution. They began to feel power and show themselves. So the revolution started and they killed millions, millions, which is so funny. There's 137 movies about the Holocaust. Yeah. Not one good movie about the Bolshevik revolution, which killed 30 million. Yeah. So think about that. Not one good movie about the Bolshevik revolution. They probably one or two out there, but what about the 137 about the Holocaust? Plenty about that. They want you to, to, you know, they want you to keep seeing and to remember what happened to them. Remember, remember. Yeah. Well, what about what you did in the Bolshevik Revolution? They were in charge. What did you think uh, Vladimir Lenin was? Yeah. I know it sounds Russian, but he was Jewish. Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, Trotsky was? Trotsky's real name was Bernstein. Come Bernstein on. from on. New York City, from the Bronx. Break it down. Bernstein from the Bronx lived in Manhattan right on top of, or underneath, one or the other, a man named Jacob Schiff, who financed the Bolshevik Revolution. So you don't think they talked in the elevator here and there? You don't think they talked? Lived directly above or beneath, one or the other, which I found in the book, The Jekyll, The Creature from Jekyll Island. I found that out through that book, that that's where... Uh, Bernstein originally uh, took up resident with money from the Rothschilds through Jacob Schiff. And they took the money from New York City, went to Russia, and bankrolled the, revol the revolution there and killed millions. Mm. And no one hardly even knows about it because there's not one good movie about it, even though it would probably do very well at the box office mm. if done right. But do you think Jewish Hollywood is going to let you see that? No. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So back to the, the zealots. All right. So that's a political thing. So where are we at? John, uh, chapter 6. You want to read verse 14 and 15. Yes. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is a, of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. Hold on. That sounds good, right? Wow. 
This is a prophet that has come into the world. This is true. This is not false. No. What's wrong with this so far? Their thought process, probably. Well, let's see. <laughs> Verse 15. When Jesus, therefore, perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And, <laughs> Go ahead. And when even... No, no, no. Okay. I thought you had a comment. That's all no. I wanted you to read. Oh, okay. <clears throat> what do you think about that? Wow. When they saw the miracle like yeah. Judas did, like Peter did, and then what he tell Peter? You don't say the things of God. You say the things of man. Yeah. How many of us in churches are not saying the things of God? Uh-oh. But we're saying the things of men. Come on. It's man's doctrine that we're talking about a lot. Yes. We are in churches talking about man's doctrine. This is why I'm asking us here. Let's stop watching this television evangelist because it's garbage. It's filth. Come on. 90% of it. I can't speak to everything. But most of these guys are paid to lead us astray. They are paid. They have Kenneth Copeland. I'll name names. Kenneth Copeland has like uh, jets. He has like four houses all over the country, all in different countries. That's God. God needs you that bad that he couldn't raise up somebody else, but he needs you to live in five different places. You're that good. You're that powerful to the kingdom. God forbid. Yeah. So then we're listening to garbage. You look at these ministries, the money that is poured in. And, you know, I know somebody saying, well, you're just jealous. You don't have it. <laughs> Trust me. I'm not jealous about that. But think about why, how did they get this? How did they get this following? Yeah. They're not even saying a whole lot. And they have this huge following. Who gave them that following? Who gave Scopeville this following that he had? Who gave Cyrus Scofield this following that he had? Instantly, he became something big. How? How? We read earlier the comparisons between Kennedy and uh, Lincoln's assassination. We read those comparisons. They're not an accident. You can't make it up. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual order is, is order. <laughs> Their spiritual wickedness has an order too. Spiritual righteousness has an order. So, so we read that. Do you understand that by force they would take him and make him king? Yeah. Make him the king. And he said, no, that's not why I came. I didn't come for that. I didn't come to be what you want me to be. I came to be what my father wanted me to be. And that's to save this world from a hellbound road. Amen. Hallelujah. Any comments? Any questions? What are your questions so far? Anything? Comments? Comments? Just, uh, it's uh, crazy. The world we live in, that type of thing happens all the time. Those comparisons with, you know, the dates, names, you know, they use the constellations, latitude, longitude, the occult, the cryptocracy. They just love that stuff because that's their doctrine. You know, so mm -hmm. I didn't know a lot of that stuff, but it doesn't surprise me that much because they do it with the markets all the time, mm -hmm. dates, times, mm -hmm. you know, it's insane. It's everything. It's everywhere. insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and they use 
I should have said this earlier, but how they came up with the Kabbalah and the Talmud is through a devilish system. Now there's several forms. It's called gematria. And they have the Hebrew gematria. And then they have the, they got all kinds. They have the English gematria and all of these things. And I should have said this earlier too. When they came up with this notion that the serpent is holy is because the word for serpent and the word for Messiah both equal the number 666. And I believe it's Hebrew gematria. And those two equal 666, which is the most holy number in the Kabbalah. 666, the most holy number in the Kabbalah. And because the Hebrew word for serpent equals the Hebrew word for Messiah, they both equal 666. Therefore, it's just like we learned about evolution. <laughs> what was the guy for evolution? Uh, his name. Anyway, Darwin. Oh, yes. oh okay. says uh, religion, uh, creation can't be proven. Therefore, it was not. Yeah. It can't be proven. So therefore, it was not. When we're walking around here, yeah. and he says it can't be proven. So then, it's a fact that it didn't exist. Yeah. But. They believe that a bang happened and exploded everything magically into place and running like clockwork and continues to keep (laughs) evolving. But creation could not happen because it can't be proven, so it didn't exist. So that's what they say. The Messiah, 666, hmm, look at that, serpent 666. Therefore, the serpent is the Messiah. So God, and we read earlier, straight from the Kabbalah, that he has a rival. And they sometimes refer to the serpent as she, which is interesting. She, the holy serpent, is there to nurture and care for us. (laughs) That comes from the Sabbateans, which came from following Sabbatai Zevi, which I explained, thought he was the Messiah, And he was the Messiah to a whole lot in the Kabbalah that followed the Kabbalah. Many believed, and by the way, he had a beautiful singing voice is what I I read. He had a beautiful singing voice and people loved to hear him sing. So musically gifted, but many people followed him until he was given a sweet deal by the Ottoman king, either convert to Islam or be beheaded. So he said, I'll take Islam for 200, sir. <laughs> and he denounced his Judaism and became a, a follower of Islam. Wow. And, uh, and many people were confused, but yet they still followed. Yeah. And they said, this is, some said, this is just a trick. He's really this and that, and whatever the case was. But another person that you can look up yourself which the Kabbalah, the modern day Kabbalah refers to as the second Jacob, is a man, Jacob Frank, who about a hundred years after Zevi's death, he came on the scene and claimed to be Zevi reincarnated. Mm-hmm. So he was the Messiah now. 
and he was going to do all of these things. And he was contemporaries with people like a, uh, Mayor Amso, who later became the Rothschilds. So this Jacob Frank hung in those circles with the Rothschilds. Look up Jacob Frank, and you'll see in the Kabbalah, in the modern-day Kabbalah, they are referred to as Frankist. Those that follow his beliefs, which are the beliefs of Sabbatai, which are the beliefs of other rabbis and all of the, and they just keep adding. Yeah. These are all things that are not scriptural right, scripturally right, but wrong. And if you don't understand that, you'll understand, let's go to scripture and you'll see why did the disciples feel like they felt? Why did they have the thought process that they had? Because they believed the mess that they were being taught. And it was down in them. It was down in them. And Jesus had a hard time to erase it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Surely, Acts chapter 1. Surely, this is after he rose. Yeah. Surely, they understand everything now, right? Mm. Not so fast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not so fast. Not so I'll read verse uh, 1 through 11. And you'll, you'll see. Uh, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, and all that Jesus began both to do and teach. It's important, all that he did and teach. Stop showing me things that you got from some Hebrew book, uh, some rabbi taught you. Yeah. I don't want to hear what some rabbi taught you. Amen. And now you say scholar. A lot of people, they try to fool us. They say Another scholar said, but what it is, is a Hebrew right. rabbi. Yeah. But they don't want to say that. They just say scholar. We're up to that Come trick. On. Come on. Because they never say who. They just say some scholar did this. I'm telling you who. The Come scholar on. I refer to is Gershom Sholem. You can look him up yourself. Come on. And nothing to hide. Not no scholar here. Until the day which was taken up, which uh, he was taken up. After that, he was through, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. He chose them all. Yes. To whom also he had showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Wow. To the kingdom of Israel? To the kingdom of God. Why would he speak to them about the kingdom of Israel? He's speaking to them about the kingdom of God. Amen. But when your mind is clouded, and then this is the problem. This is why I don't have a big problem with church leaders being in the wrong on some things, because they've just been so influenced that they just can't see their way out of a wet paper bag. Mm. They just can't. It's just been too deep. Yes. See what I'm talking about here. And being assembled, and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God, and being assembled with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which is said, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, what's the topic here? Kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, baptism in the Holy Ghost. That's the topic. Yes. But when your mind has been influenced 
Let's continue. And when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, read that. Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? What does that have anything to do with the price of tea in China? Oh, my God. They didn't get it. Why? That's the thing. See, we can just say they were just slow. They just didn't comprehend. No, that's not it. It's they were taught something from two and three years old over and over and over and over again that a Messiah was going to come and rescue them by bloodshed and this and that revolution. And he was going to do all of these things. And now they are concerning themselves. Oh, wow. It didn't happen exactly the way I see it. But is there a possibility that it can still happen? Is this going to, this is the concern for them. So let's see how he addresses this. Since it's such a, you know, he doesn't the Bible say he cares for our concern, yes. our little cares yes. and everything. We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, yes, yes. but in all points was tempted like as we are. Yes. So he feels what we feel. We bump our toe. He feels that. So surely they're confused and he will address it, right? He will give them an understanding. Well, let's see how he handles this. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive, well, back to the Holy (laughs) Ghost, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and into all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Yes. Disciple, that's what I'm going to talk about, disciple. That's what I need you to focus on, disciple. This is what I need you to be focused on, church. The things that I said to do, not what some rabbi and some of your false thinking has been telling you to do, but I need you to be focused on the thing that I gave you, Amen. not some other thing. Yes. Do the thing that I want you to do, not some made up Garbage that you got what you think the church should be doing this. Church should, church should be handing out dollar bills on Sunday. Church should be handing out candy on Sunday. Church should have a clown come and do this on Sunday. Church should do this. There's all of the, where is that in scripture? Where? Come on. He told them his topic was the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of men. And all they could see was, are we going to get a kingdom out of this? So where we at on the kingdom? <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you about the kingdom of God. Yes. Y'all ain't happy about that? Where we at on our kingdom, Lord? Are we getting a kingdom? We getting one? How come we can't get one? It wasn't like that. It's just that they've been taught these things. And it's just like us. We've been taught certain things. And we reinforce that by continuously going to the same places, there's going to be two churches in America. There's going to be those that tell the truth, no matter what it is, because everybody's not going to deal with what we deal with, uh, nor do they have to. But there's going to be those that tell the truth, and then there are going to be those that are just saying their own agenda, everything's about them, everything's about, you know, their agenda. God has nothing to do with it. And there's going to be just a governmental kind of church where just the government says this, we just do it. That's not God. Come on. We have to do what God wants us to do. Amen. And what are your questions? Amen. What are your comments? I have a comment. Um, 
years ago, Sorry. years ago, when I, when I first um, tuned in to Text Mars, and this particular uh, video, <laughs> video, he was talking about, um, he was talking to this gentleman, and, he, and Tex Mars was just giving him truth, giving him truth, giving him scripture. And he got so frustrated that he just blurted out, our Messiah, we worship the serpent. And he, it, was, it was as if he, Tex Mars was kind of like, it seemed like he was kind of egging him on. But I, had, I listened, I kept rewinding it because I was so <coughs> shocked that he came out yeah. and just said it like that. Our Messiah is the serpent, and we worship him, and he's coming. I was like, I was like, oh my goodness! I never heard, you know, them mention yeah who they served. Yeah, that, that's that's from their own mouth. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's hard to take in, and yeah. I know people aren't believing. That's not true. That that where's that? That's not true. I know that people are saying that, but the truth is that is the truth. <laughs> you know, I I couldn't make that up if I wanted it. Yeah. I couldn't make something like that up. But you see, Gershom Sholem, he wrote several books. And he's no longer here. He's dead. And the thing about it, he was the professor in that Hebrew university uh, at Jerusalem. But many believe he didn't believe what he was teaching. He was just teaching it because he was a philosopher and he knew all of everything. Yeah. He knew all of this stuff and researched it and researched in 40 years. 40 years is a long time. Yes, it is. And to teach for 40 years, that's a long time. And uh, so it's right there in his books. <laughs> Several of his books, they have the information on. Uh, he spends a lot of time about the serpent and uh, the holy serpent as they, you know. So you begin to see scripture differently when you know. And, you know, it's just, it's hard to understand because the church believes, oh no, those are God's people, and they know better. And you know, and then I say this: people will say, "Well, what does that have to do with me today in my struggle?" It's gonna have everything to do with you in these last days. Do you see we're about to go to World War Three, and the church is ready to kill anybody that does anything against Israel? Because after all, you're blessed if you bless Israel, which is wrong teaching. The Bible never says that. Um, and furthermore, this Israel uh, is not the Israel of the old. Uh, after all, think about it. Uh, how are, aren't they supposed to have peace all around them? Aren't they supposed to be a city on a hill? Doesn't the Bible say that they would be a city on a hill that people can, uh, the last day prophecies of them, they will be a city on the hill that is shown round of the world. Yeah. That time has not come yet. And we'll go over that at some point. But that time will come when New Jerusalem is here. Yes. Not now. Yes. And the church is confused because the influence of the world. So we're backing things. Oh, you see what uh, Trump did for Israel? <laughs> What's that mean? What's that mean? Well, it, does, it means a lot for prophecy. Which one? Show yeah. me. Which yeah. prophecy? Please show me the prophecy. Please, I'm begging you, please show me which one is fulfilled by Jerusalem becoming the capital now. Right now, before Christ comes back. Beast. <laughs> Setting it up for the beast system. <laughs> and, the, and the Antichrist. 
because I do believe the beast and the Antichrist are different. That's just who I am. Uh, but anyway, what does that have to do with me? People are asking. It's got everything to do with you because it's got everything to do with your Savior. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and his people <coughs> and the fact that we're gonna go down a wrong path thinking something. Remember the five wise and five foolish. Five are gonna be well prepared, and five are gonna be clueless, unprepared. And that's funny because every church always thought that ain't me. We were part of the wise. Well, if you don't know some <laughs> of this stuff, you're supporting the beast system. You're standing up with Israel, supporting the beast system and the beast uh, land right now. Yes. <laughs> it's a desert land. God never blessed it uh, from the time he destroyed, destroyed. it. <laughs> so no oil there, nothing there, no vegetation. It's Las Vegas, and it's the only place in the whole Middle East with no oil. Think about that. Why would God have the most gay country in the world? Why would God bless that? Why would God bless America with all of our abortions, all of our uh, living crazy uh, in God's mind? Why would God bless America? There is no reason to bless mess. Uh, So anyway, any other questions? We good? Good. Sorry we may have been a little long and my dog is getting tired of sitting in one spot. We thank you for tuning in. Yeah, he's right on cue. We thank you for tuning in. And uh, uh, God bless you. And remember, stay in the battle.